Welcome to Almost Agreeable. Almost Agreeable. With your hosts, Chris Nellison and Ed Harris. Hang around and listen to opinions on sports, Sports. movies, Movies. music, music, and whatever else pops in our head. We are back with another episode of the Almost Agreeable Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. With me, as always, is Ed. And we are going to conclude our Through the Decades music with the 2010s. I mean, maybe in about 10 years, if we're still doing this, we can do 2020s. Hopefully, it's nice and uh, Gatsby type of music from the 1920s. I'd be down with a revert back to historical... Dude, yeah, we could just have the 20s go exactly how it went 100 years ago. We'll have, you know, um, the roaring 20s. We can have all these glitzy glamour parties, just crippling depression and stock market crash. and just. If 2020 is any indication, then, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. So I'm going to get this off, like, right from the bat, from the get. I got to get this off my chest. It's like, I don't fucking listen to new music. So this one's going to be a little... Is 2010, 2011 new music? It is to like, me. Right after you graduated high school? Yeah. New music? It was to me. Like I, Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. I had to think about it. it was just... And yes. Uh, there's like one band that I, that I listen to that I eagerly await their albums from this decade. Or this past decade, because now we're going into the 20s now. So, 2010s, there's, there was one band that I was eagerly waiting for their new albums. Now, there'd be, like, albums that would come out that I'd be like, yeah, listen to that. And I would. And those include, you know, albums from, like, The Weeknd. The Weeknd. Okay, so who's the one band? Let's just start out with that. Who's the one band that you're, like, relying on? Just, like, I dig their stuff. It's the Dirty Heads. The Dirty Heads. The Dirty Heads, yeah. So, how about you describe the Dirty Heads for some listeners who might not know... About the Dirty Heads? About the Dirty Heads. So, Dirty Heads, they kind of are on that line of, like, rock, uh, ska, reggae, you know, poppy kind of stuff. Like, if you think about... Like, they go on tour with Sublime a lot. So, yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of that same genre. Like, if you listen to Pepper, if you listen to Slightly Stupid... Or Sublime, then you'll revolution, like revolution, yeah. yeah. Then you, you, Dirty Heads are along that line, and uh, I think that I've been to more Dirty Head concerts than I've been to concerts of any other bands combined. So yeah, that's <laughs> the extent of my 2010s, <laughs> and that's the whole thing. That's it. All right. I so. mean, you're gonna go right now. I mean, you're gonna talk for a little while, and I'll be able to bounce off because there. I, obviously, there's music I listen to that came out last decade but there's nothing like i can't talk about like influences i had in the 2000s or the 90s or the 80s or the 70s like i like i can't do that for this decade but there are like songs that i I latched onto and and artists that i was like yeah that was a tight album and things like that yeah of course of course so i mean i me graduating 2011 so kind of the 2010s it's you know the rest of the 2010s for me is after high school i mean graduating a couple years after you so kind of in the same boat, listening to music now after high school, in the second phase of your life, when you're really, you know, gaining a lot of your friends. Right. Like, not just like friends, but like friends you're going to be friends with as an adult, like moving forward, moving yeah. on. Yes. For me, I think after high school, that next step, whatever you do, for us it was, you know, military. 
with that next step after high school, I think that's where you gain your lifelong friends. And it definitely can shape your music tastes. It can definitely not decide, but it definitely guides you with your friendships as well. I mean, people bond over music. People bond over movies. I mean, that's one of the whole reasons we've started a podcast. That's one of the reasons we became friends. Yeah. And But just to kind of, if we're talking about that, then to me, we absolutely did all of that. But think about the music we did bond over. Yeah. None of it was from the 2010s decade. I think Metallica brought us together. I, yeah, it was it was Metallica. It was... Uh, let me just describe how Chris and I actually met. How we, how we became, like, how I knew. I was like, all right, we're going to be boys. We're, we're pretty cool. We're pretty cool. So we're in the dorms together, and I hear this guy playing Guitar Hero, like, across... Like, we, sh- we have a shared bathroom and a shared kitchen. So I'm like, yeah, okay. This guy is playing Guitar Hero... That was pretty cool. He's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I can hear him through the walls. And me, myself, I like to think I'm also pretty good. So I knock on his door. I'm like, hey, is that a, is that Guitar Hero you got? Full well knowing which exact one he was playing. And he's like, yeah, 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 man. And I was, I was like, oh, do you care if I like come in and like play a little bit? And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, go for it. So I come in and play a song. So, Chris, you go ahead and take over and let the audience know what you were thinking. Well... Let's get this straight, okay? So that pretty it's pretty accurate of what happened. And then like he comes in and like he was very nice, you know, very uh, courteous. But I could tell right away he was trying to big dick me. <laughs> that he was like gonna be like, oh yeah, I, I play a little bit. He's gonna try to come in and like show me up like how it really should be played. <laughs> and I got I didn't get that vibe, but like it was definitely in the back of my mind. Like, is this dude trying to show me up? And so he comes in. I'm like, oh damn, he is really good. And, uh, that's kind of how, you know, then I was like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, cool. My turn. Cool. And then, and then Chris played and I was like, okay, this guy's pretty good. So both of us were thinking like, yeah, this fucker coming in, he's think he's pretty good. And then both of us end up thinking, okay, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yep. And then I think very early on after that, it was like, yo, we, you know, we got to get a drum set for this because I only had the one guitar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ed went out and got a drum set for the Xbox 360 at the time uh, online. And then we would just be a little two-man band running around. Just jamming. Just jamming. So, I mean, that was in 2013. So, the 2010s were young at that point. So, it is definitely hard to, you know, say that, like, it it definitely didn't shape our specific friendship just because... It was it Guitar was, Hero Metallica, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we pointed that out. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it definitely didn't shape our friendship just because it had grown over the years. But it music definitely can. It absolutely yeah. can. There was music that, that, that brought you over into the room. And it was the music from those games that, that, that really started the roots of that friendship to where we are today. And like, how many concerts have we been to together? How many, you know times that we put playlists together for parties where it's like this is a banger this is a banger, yeah this is a yeah we're gonna play this and some of these bangers are from the 2010s are they I mean, oh absolutely i'm just kidding obviously they are <laughs> okay, I'm, just okay. I'm just trying to really point by drive my point home that i don't give a fuck about this decade and of music. okay you you can think whatever you want about this artist that i'm about to say but from about 2010 maybe 2009 to about 2015 he was the shit was it Drake? Drake. It was Drake. Absolutely. Okay, I do fuck with Drake. I was okay. I was gonna say 
100% for at least five like, not a shame. solid years. Not a shame. I still bump Drake. Drake was the guy. He was, because I think he burst out with that like, fucking mixtape he had. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, or that was yeah, a good he, song was, they uh, had. Yeah, he had on that. It was that same mixtape. He had, like, uh, let's call it off. Yeah, it's um, So Far Gone. So Far Gone, that's so, right. Yeah, that's the mixtape he came out with. It was, that was, like, 09 or something. Yep. And I remember that. That was, you know, in my high school years. And it was, it was just money. No, that and, album came... That mixtape dropped, like, right after I graduated high school. And I remember, like, being underage, like, 19, 20 drinking yeah getting lit to all the songs on that mixtape yeah like that was like our anthem for my little crew running around we'd bump drake all the time and fucking yeah it was that's what i associate that with yeah and then he broke out with thank me later thank me later and it was just i mean that really set him on the scene right and then i think that a lot of people that didn't watch degrassi didn't realize that this dude had (laughs) had a thing before he was this rapper yeah yeah and so i mean he like drake Straight up owned owned the scene for about five years. Like I would say, from like '09 to like '14, like those five years owned it. Right, he was collaborating with a lot of people too. Good collaborations with Eminem, Kanye, Lil Swiss, Wayne. Swizz Beats was doing all of his shit. Yeah, like, it was it was he was the man. And I mean, he, after he did "Thank Me Later," he came out with "Take Care." Take which care. Still, was... every track on that album, banger. Yeah, every single one is. I mean, if you're trying to bump shit. If you're trying to feel real sad and in your feeling, you can play Marvin's Room. Play karaoke. You, like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has something for everything. So Take Care, to me, is his best album. Yeah. Best album. And then after that, he, I think he puts a, a cap on it with his growth, with Nothing Was the Same. Yeah, I mean, because he became so much bigger than music after that. I mean, yeah. it went on, motherfucker, went on to host the ESPYs. Like yeah. clowning on James Harden and fucking <laughs> all those guys. He's a he's a corny dude, but oh, he's funny. He's hilarious. He's a funny. And he's dude. like the Toronto Raptors' number one fan. Like no, it's the Drake curse, dude. Any team he roots for, if he wears your gear, you know you're. Losing. But they ended up winning a title that season. Yeah, I guess a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> so yeah, Drake at the beginning part of that was uh, yeah. You know, you mentioned it. I listen to a lot of Drake. Yeah, I still I mean, do. He's on my rotation still. Yeah, obviously. straight up. I mean, Drake has not just bangers, but just good composition, good beat making, just good skills. Like his lyrical skills. I I mean, as of late, you can say whatever you want to say, but for those five years, they're fantastic. Because like Lil Wayne in the two thousands. Yeah. Like he owned the scene. He did. Same thing. And then like because he collaborated with Lil Wayne in the beginning and in that first part of this deck of yep. the two thousand tens. And for me that was kinda of like the handing of the torch right there. A little bit. I mean, because but and I don't think Yeah, I could see that. Maybe not so much of a handing of the torch of or maybe just his stamp of approval, like, yeah, this guy's legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, so so Drake for sure is is one of the people that I mean you just enjoy like a Drake song comes on you you're kind of bopping with it. I yeah I know I never change <laughs> I never change <laughs> and of course we can't forget about so he definitely I've been listening to this guy for I'm gonna be that hipster guy and be like yeah I've been listening to him you know since his mixtapes and then he really blows up blows up and I mean becomes a worldwide sensation you already said it the weekend yes the weekend um I that was one of what I remember I was really waiting for the album. Uh, what was the one he came out when he collaborated with Daft Punk? Uh, Starboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starboy. So, like, I remember when I was waiting for that to come out. I was really stoked on that. And I liked that album a lot. Uh, I know people that people were a little disappointed, but I, 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 
I don't have like a precedent. This goes back to me saying I don't listen to a whole lot of music yeah. from this decade. Yeah. So like I I enjoyed it a lot. There was a couple songs where I was like whatever, but most of the songs on that album I really dug. It, it's they're they're good songs. So like and it's it's different stuff. So I can understand why people were upset because it was such a different change of sound. And but that's one of my favorite things that as, artists do as a listener is I like my artists to change to evolve, to evolve to change their actual sound. So what the weekend used to sound like in the early 2010s was I saw a tweet that just put it perfectly. The weekend makes music for haunted strip clubs. So if you go back and listen to his three mixtapes, Thursday, House of Balloons, and Echoes of Silence, which are all, all compiled on his album Trilogy, that just sounds like a haunted strip club. Okay. Straight up. Listen listen to... I wasn't even going to go back that far. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, you put you put Starboy next to Behind the Beauty and the... What, what's that? What's the, what's the first... What's the album he had? Beauty Behind the Madness, That's that was the one. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the one that really put him on the scene. But, like, if you go back and listen to Heaven or Las Vegas, you'd be like, oh, okay, like, this is some haunted shit. This is some haunted, like, I feel like I should have ghost ass in my face. Uh, oh. Yeah. Are, yeah, you, are yeah. you on Twitter right now? No, I should be, though. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, The weekend, and, I mean, he's blown up. So, I mean, speaking of current events, he 100% just got snubbed. That's why I don't fucking watch the Grammys anymore. Right? Dude. Like, I don't remember the last time I put any stake in what they fucking nominate and what they give awards. It's to. bullshit. I don't even know who won. I just know he didn't and should have. Yeah. Well, it's like award shows are so I don't know. These days, there's so many more mediums to watch and listen to everything that's out there. So it's like, how are these people that are giving out awards like not? Not listening to this stuff, and like like we are, yeah, the consumer. I don't know, yeah. So fuck all that. Fuck the Grammys. <laughs> fuck all that. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys specifically because, <laughs> for me, being uh, this is kind of an aside. Being a Laker fan, they have the Grammys at Staples Center every year. Yeah. So like, there's always like a block out of like seven days where the Lakers go on a road trip, and I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's always like it's always called the Grammy trip because <laughs> uh, they have to leave for the Grammys. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck the Grammys. <laughs> Making Lakers play road games, yeah, and some BS. <laughs> but I mean, we we do have some other artists that pop up, and they didn't end up just being you know one hit wonders or just a flash in the pan type deal. I mean, we have some, and whether you like these artists or not, they became prolific and they're still around today. I mean, artists like Katy Perry for Katy sure. Perry. Oh yeah, and she started kind of at the end of two thousands. But I guess I mean, the girl came out like. End of 2000s. End of 2000s, for sure. But Katy Perry definitely burst on the scene with that, but continued to make a lot of music. Right. And, I mean, you have other female artists like Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. She absolutely, Lady Gaga. Dude, I love Taylor Swift, and I also love Lady Gaga. I, I mean, love Lady Gaga. We, we absolutely have already talked about and put My Bitches playlist in, right. in the link for the episode, but I honestly can't talk about Lady Gaga enough. So... She, I mean, when she came on the scene, she had the fame and the fame monster and everything. She was the weird girl. She was weird. She that was, was part of her thing. That's part of her thing. Absolutely. But it's not so much anymore. No, no. She is definitely transcended. So I kind of have a time, not a timeline, but a transition. I think for me, the turning point for Lady Gaga, when I, when it was, because I still loved her when she was had this image. But then I, she sang a song from The Sound of Music at the Oscars. 
So let, let me just, let me back up a little bit. Cause I kind of have a progression of Lady Gaga's career that kind of puts her, uh, she keeps taking steps forward. So I don't know if you know this, but she started out doing a Led Zeppelin cover band. Did not know that. And like you, you can go on YouTube and like listen to her uh, singing Black Dog and like killing it. Like it's nuts. Can we do that after this? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like it's it's crazy because she sounds, I mean, it sounds great. It sounds great. But, and then she cultivated this image, like you said, of just being that weird girl. Like I, I don't know if it was the Grammys or what it was, but she came out in like a meat suit. Yes. She had a whole weird thing going on. You're like, this girl is like kind of strange. Like, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Right. And then she had like the Super Bowl where she like jumped from the top. Yeah. Where she just fucking skydives down and then she kind of changes it up a little bit, but it was never drastic changes. It just always was, okay, this is a step in a different direction. So then she does an album with the famed Tony Bennett. Right, right. So she does a full album with Tony Bennett, and it's a lot more of that classy stuff. Right, kind of what be... she did with the, in the in the Oscars that year when she sang. Exactly. Because then when she, I'll never forget when she came out, she looked normal. Yeah. She was dressed in beautiful gown. She looked good, and she started singing, and I and I had no idea she had these pipes, right? And I think not even just for me, like it opened the eyes of a, the general public as to what she was. Yeah. A very talented artist with an amazing voice. And, you know, a mind for music. Because then she goes on, like you said, to, to do the Tony Bennett album. And then to, to be an actress and, like, you know, be nominated for Oscars for a movie that's about music. Yeah. So, like, her her career, we got to watch the transitions. Like you said, they weren't drastic. They were gradual in this entire decade that we're talking about now. So, like, yeah, Lady Gaga, I think, maybe, like, one of the most influential artists of this decade we're talking about. I, I Yeah, her progression is insane. Like, The Sound of Music, like, the song that she sang, she actually changed, like, her pitch, the way that she sings, to actually do it in the original key. Right. So, like, she had to do a lot. She's a very talented artist. And then, I mean, so, you know, she starts out as this Led Zeppelin cover band, then is this weird girl doing these, you know, poppy, poppy like, club songs, and then does an album with Tony Bennett. And then sings at the Oscars, and then literally wins an Oscar. Yeah. For best original song, yeah. something like that. What is that movie called? Uh, God, damn it. God, it was a fucked up movie. It was a fucked up um, movie. This is uh, it was with Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. I'm an idiot. What the fuck was it called? I'm an idiot. We're fucking stupid. It's a Star Is Born. Yeah. Oh my God. Holy hell. How could I not think of that? I don't know. Okay. So yeah, the, that song "Shallow" in a Star Is Born was just super sad. Go see it if you have not. Uh, but just a super good movie, and that song wins an Oscar. Yep. So, like, she she has, in 10 years, gone from not nothing, but gone from, you know, doing her own thing to now winning an Oscar. Right, and it just goes to show you her diversity. Yeah, that's a perfect word for it. Yeah. And the guy has a lot of people like that, you know, that nowadays you can kind of see. She's a great example of, like, what it means to be talented. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we talked about, you know, some of these women who came on the scene, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga. There's some guys who came on the scene as well that, like, whether you like it or not, they were the hotness for a bit. So, I'm going to start out with the hot one. Uh-huh. Bieber. Bieber. Bieber can fever. Just, can we just skip him and go to Bieber's fever. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. There was nothing like it. Not that there was nothing like it, but there hasn't been anything like it in a bit. 
it he was a heartthrob, and it was just like okay, yeah, everybody looks down at boy bands if you're you but know, he was not like a teenage young girl. as shit. He was super young, and he had these grown ass women like being real weird, being real Padme Anakin type of deal, yeah. like episode one type of shit. Yeah, but so I I I for sure looked down on him. Like yeah, this is just boy like you know poppy whatever stuff. And then he came out with one of these albums that he had bangers on, and I'm gonna admit. He had some fucking bangers. He came out and I was like, "Oh shit, Justin Bieber's like a like a dude." I'm glad you can admit. Like a dude. I'm glad you can admit that he had bangers because I'm going to not be I'm a maybe not even that ashamed to admit like I don't think I've ever listened to a Justin Bieber song in its entirety. So that's not to say like I haven't heard it like on the radio and like skip the channel or Oh yeah. There's no Justin Bieber on any of my rotations. <laughs> um I I don't listen to the radio, so like I don't think I've ever listened to a Justin Bieber song in its entirety. Okay. Okay. Which is which is not uncommon. It's just I mean he has this huge following and then it I mean it kind of trailed off but like not in a you know quick fashion. Right. It was just he changed his sound a little bit. Yeah. And, and I'm not being a hater. Like oh yeah, I mean, I'm not being a hater. I just I am who I am. Yeah. But then we also had another guy who is just I mean a he's a poetic genius. Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Okay. I mean and he's been around for a hot minute. He, yeah, he has he, been around. But, I mean, like, Good Kid, Mad City. Right. Swimming pools. Swimming pools, yeah. Was, that, that I think that was what put him, like, nationwide. Over the top. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the the things, some of the tracks that he has had have been pivotal. Like, for the black community. Oh, yeah, For sure. Well, then, because then you talk about, I mean, if you're going to go down that path with pivotal black community, you got to also talk about childish... And I was going to get to that for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, cause like I, so I would say Drake, you know, was the early 2010s. Childish Gambino, definitely the last five years, he has been sporadically releasing music, but he's been doing it the exact way I love. I love my artists to change. So if you go onto Childish Gambino's, you know, Spotify, his top five songs on Spotify are all from different albums. Yeah, no, he's, he. I mean, just success, success, success. And he's another one of those people, along with Lady Gaga, where you get to see how diverse he is. Because, like, you think about some of the songs that he sings, and I can think, like you said, he evolves. So you can have him in, like, the same thing. as like, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds a little bit like it could be, like, on the same type of flow as Ed Sheeran. And then you listen to, I don't know, a song from a different album, and you're like, this is the same guy? This is and completely then you're watching, different. Then you're watching the solo, a Star Wars story, you're like, that's that's him? Yeah. Just diverse. Yeah. Very diverse. Lando Calrissian has got bars. He's got bars. For sure. Because then he came out with, and obviously, like, I don't want to get too political, but uh, systemic racism, been a thing for a long time, really highlighted in 2020. He comes out with, what's that song he came out with? This is America. This is America. Before. This is in 2018. Before all that stuff, yeah. it gets highlighted. So it's just like, you you really have to bring that kind of stuff into a conversation like this when there are social things happening and artists are like playing with it, becomes a part of how big that influence really is. Oh yeah, big time. Big time. So like, Childish Gambino, along with Kendrick, like big big parts of that cog in the in the social you know <laughs> effect of music yeah. in this day and age 
And I think that's the biggest thing for me with, with 2010s is a lot of the music in the way that the country and maybe just the world in general is evolving with technology and like everything we see, everything now we hear everything. And these artists are able to have more of an effect culturally than I think they have in the past couple of decades as far as like being able to move people and, and, and you know, substantiate actual fucking change. And just share a message. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. God, I love Childish. I, I do. Childish is, he is 100%. So my, you know, my tastes have changed over the years. Like for a long time, I think, for a long time, Metallica, Metallica is still my favorite band. I'll still, I'll say that. Metallica absolutely is my favorite band. But also for a long time, John Mayer was my favorite artist. So I'm not bringing John Mayer into this conversation or in the 2000s just because, uh, I don't know, he, he is to me the best guitar player of our generation. Of our generation, absolutely. I, I definitely believe that. The, the guy has licks like nobody's business. Um, but he's, he's just, and he, he did it exactly how I enjoy as well. He went from more of like a bluesy type feel to a little bit of rock or, and then into kind of some folksy stuff. Right. So it's definitely, he has changed his sound and I enjoy his guitar playing a lot, but most of the songs that he's known for still a lot of people, if you listen to a song from here, you listen to a song, you know, eight, 10 years later, you might think it's the same thing. If you're not, Honestly, a, a, a real fan, a real, not a real fan, just a constant John Mayer fan. Right. Well, I guess like, because you know, we've been talking about uh, rap a lot and some pop with Lady Gaga and, and Katy Perry, but like, we haven't talked about any rock that you brought up folk and so, and we can talk about folk for a second because this is a decade where Mumford and Sons is very big. Yeah. And that's a, a folky music. That's not something that is mainstream in the two thousands and then and maybe in the nineties a little bit, but Nothing that's on our radar, really. It is. It is popped back with just a lot of different sounds, like Zach Brown Band. I, they're they're kind of folky, kind of country, but that that folky sound has worked its way into a lot of different just music, like musical artists. Right. Like you said, Mumford and Sons. I would also say Florence and the Machine. That could be a little folky sometimes, and the Lumineers. The Lumineers. It, it's just that sound has worked its in, and it really is just like sitting music. It's just, just, just kind of it chilling. Is, it's it what is you, so, you hear in coffee shops and It's something you, you feel like you could, that you would love to play on vinyl. That's, that's the sound that I always feel is like, that would sound great on vinyl. Okay, I can roll with that. But like I was saying a second ago, it's just like, I mean, what rock do we have in the 2010s that... That is like, I don't know, predominant. Prominent. I mean, I, I can't really think of... Imagine know. Dragons, maybe? Because they're big. They're big in 2010s. Absolutely. Um, so I, I guess I could... Yeah, I guess I would have to say Imagine Dragons. Is but that rock? Like, I don't know what that is. Kinda. And this is this is where, like, as we've been going on, all these different genres kind of meld together. They because then just... you get, like, Old Town Road, which is, <laughs> like, country yeah. fucking rap. yeah. It's like it became a, a decade where shit got fused. It wasn't. It wasn't like a crossover was a hit. It was just a commonality. The way things are. It was a commonality. Because then that Starboy with the weekend is a collaboration with Daft Punk techno. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, just a lot of that going on, but not so much as it was in the 2000s. Like you said, it wasn't like crossovers. It was, this is what we're putting out now. This is the norm. Yeah. This is what we're doing. So, I mean, there there is definitely like, you know, bands that we are leaving off. Like definitely in the 2000s and 2010s, we didn't talk about Event Sevenfold. We didn't talk about Kill Switch Engage. But I think those are some bands that do merit some mentioning. Right. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, even... I'm not a huge fan of them, but like Five Finger Death Punch, they've had a lot of songs, a lot of popular songs in the 2010s. Not for me, but those are really the only like rock that this I can think of. This wasn't a lot, no. It's, 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 it's not quite a dying genre. It's just more it's selective. Sur- it's No, it's survived by what we've had already. Yeah. This is why I haven't fucking progressed with music, <laughs> because I still listen to music from the 2000s, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, and even the 60s. And I'm okay with that, because there's so fucking much. I discover new songs by different <laughs> my bands from the 70s all the time. I'm, You know, I'm just going to Google 2010s rock bands, because there's got to be somebody that we missed, absolutely. All of these are like old ones what the hell is this so i have like the foo i literally searched 2010s rock bands this has the foo fighters oh and i see uh the arctic monkey monkeys yeah maybe yeah maybe weezer uh, mostly no the fucking black keys okay vampire weekend the black keys uh tame impala i could see that a i love bit. tame impala i love tame impala uh 21 pilots Okay. Okay, it's one of the I, I wouldn't say they're rock though. I don't. I don't think there is a true in the true sense of the word. I don't. I don't see it. It's, it is. It is. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. There's definitely not like a rock band that I could say that really dominated the 2010s. No. No. Nope. And it's. I'm not gonna say it's sad. It's just. It's the just way ha- it's going. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Survived by like like I said. Survived by what we already had. Yeah. And like legacies. Because Metallica still makes me music. <laughs> yeah, I'm Rolling not gonna, Stones still make me Yeah, I'm not going to put Metallica. Yeah, they're a good 2010s band. No. Well, I mean, this decade, like I said, I think not so much about like artists in this decade, more so about the music that was made and, and the messages, because that's what this decade was about. Every there was, there was anthems for different movements for every yeah everything that was happening in this decade. A lot happened in this decade. Um, I got some hot routes for you. Um, we've clearly established that rock wasn't a very predominant genre in this decade. I yeah. think, based on what we talked about, it, rap would be right. I, I would I would say rap and just overall pop. Okay, pop, so I would say I would I would say pop. Yeah, one of my hot routes was going to ask what would be the genre, but since like we kind of did that during the episode, I guess in in a few words, like tell me tell me why. Like, those were the the biggest deal in this decade. Like, why was rap and, you know, pop the predominant thing that people were listening to this decade? So I think in the 80s and 90s, rap... I th- so I think in the 80s, rap was more of a... Not a gimmick, but just not as big. And then in the 90s, it became a way to tell your story. And then in the 2000s, it became a little bit more... Partying, partying. A little, yeah. yeah. It definitely became a little bit more like, let's pop bottles. Yeah. And then in the 2010s, like we've been saying, it developed a message. It developed, it became a message. It had a heart and it was poetry. Really, it's it's poetry. That's what it is at its core for rap anyways. 
Um, so I think that, and especially because of the widespread platforms that we have now, like Spotify, YouTube, we have all these different things. You can reach so many more people yep. and people just identify with this music so much easier. Yep. Okay. I like that. Okay. How about number two? You have to eliminate one of these artists from this decade. Oh, geez. The Weeknd, Kendrick Lamar. Or Childish Gambino. The weekend. That was quick. Immediately. Immediately. Okay, so who do I listen to? Well, you know what? Originally, that was gonna say, it was gonna say Chance. Cause we didn't talk about Chance at all. We didn't need to because he had he had a good mixtape, and a good album. Okay. So this is our Chance talk. He had a good mixtape. So he had Ten Day, and then he had Acid Rap. Acid Rap is, might be my favorite mixtape of all time. All right. So why the weekend? The weekend is out of those three the one I listen to the second most. And that's why. Because I listen to Childish Gambino the most, but then I listen to Kendrick whenever I wanna like, you know, I am like feeling a message or like really feeling something. Feeling emotional, like in the in every sense of the word. But the weekend is kind of in the middle of both of those, so it doesn't have the extremes of either of them. So that's why I would. He's more generic. He's he's he's. Uh. No, okay, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. Okay. I'm changing it. It is definitely Kendrick. Okay. Definitely Kendrick, because of the early. 2010's The Weeknd. The three mixtapes that he had. I love all of his studio albums, but those three mixtapes in the beginning, Thursday, House of Balloons, Echoes of Silence, absolutely, like, changed me. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're just great pieces of art. Okay. Wow. I flipped it, I flipped it real quick. (laughs) Alright. And the last one is, maybe it might not have to do with 2010's, but it has to do with this year for sure. In a year where we haven't got to do anything uh, traveling events, sporting events, gatherings, things like that. Uh, was there any concert this year that you, that you met that you would want to go to that that you know you didn't get to? Man, I feel like there was a band that I had tickets to that I didn't go see, but I can't remember. But also, I just want to go see a show again. <laughs> I really, I really just want to go see a show again. Just any, anyone. Uh, I've the last couple of years I've been on a huge, and I am kind of upset that I didn't discover him him earlier. But Hosier, so the guy who did the song "Take Me to Church." That song, you know, that's his most played song. But his guitar playing abilities and his lyricism, uh, you could look at some of the like alliteration that he has done in just some of his songs and some of the ways that he has put his words together is outstanding. It's it's just honey to listen to, really. Uh, so I, I think that'd be really fun to go see Hosier live, but definitely it's always Childish Gambino. I'd love to go see him live. I've only seen him live once. I had tickets to go to another one, but then deployed, so... Settle with Childish Gambino. Okay. That's how I settle. All right. All right. Very good. Uh, like I said, it was a decade where music was kind of on a different level as far as what it was relating to you with, what it was about, how it was played, how it was performed. So, I mean, 
I look forward to the new decade to see what we what what's in store next. Maybe we get a rock resurgence. I don't know. We'll yeah, it's it's and it's hard to say because the 2010s did just end, so it's for sure. I mean, it's still kind of hard to compile the 2000s. That's and and it, it, as you know, as a decade in itself. So it's right. definitely hard to compile the 2010s in itself, but we'll definitely see what the 2020s bring. Right. Well, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Ed. And this has been almost agreeable. Thank you for listening to another episode of Almost Agreeable. You can catch new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Almost Agreeable.